When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Dark Masic with Brutally Delicious, coming at you with a review of At The Plate's brand new album, Omnivore. So for some context, I rarely do death metal releases, but with a name like At The Plate's, I had to take a listen. Immediately, all the song titles are a bit silly and relating to food, and the cover art is an homage or parody, I'm not sure which, of Heritage by Opeth. So I started wondering, is this like a death metal Weird Al, or is it more like Nanowar of Steel? And fortunately for all, it appears to be the latter. I think the funniest part of this is that if I did not have song titles in hand and someone just put this on, I don't think I would have picked up that it was kind of silly. So to me, that says this is great song craft with some funny lyricism. I'll jump right into this. With the opening track, With Their Cutlets He'll Marinate, the instrumental opening was as good as anything I've heard from Anthrax, for instance. It set the tone for a very metal album. Eventually, the full band kicks in, and it's somewhere between like Black Dahlia Murder and Death. It's some really interesting styling here. It's not immediately like this swedish death metal style it's also not immediately classic death metal like death it's also not really like cannibal corpse production wise it's pretty cool the guitars have a bite to them and that's not what i'm used to for stuff like this i'm usually expecting what they call the hm2 sound from like at the gates whatever this style is i like it I'm going to bring up again here that I totally would not be able to tell that this is any kind of parody if I had heard it without context. Steve Terraberry has a YouTube video called How to Be Power Metal, where he writes a power metal song in a way that's obviously derivative. And at the end, my friend and I agreed if we'd heard his song without the preceding eight minutes or whatever, we would never have been able to tell he was making a joke of us. You can tell it's a send-up that's made out of love. Moving on. Punish My Waistline. This track is quite a bit slower, at least at first. I'm immediately reminded of Prescribing Horror by Exodus, which is a totally different genre, although neither one of them is playing their typical bailiwick here. And speaking of Zetro, I was also reminded of Hatriot's The Fear Within. As the song gets going, it's a bit more like a modern creator, but with death metal vocals. It's kind of cool, like thrash-style music, but with a death vocalist. I'm sure this has been done before, but it's not how I see either genre. There's just enough melody to keep me interested here while also being really heavy, and of course, also kind of funny when you start to pay attention to it. I previously brought up Nanowar of Steel, and that's a band that has nothing to do with death metal, but they write fantastic parody-style songs, again, not like Weird Al, but their track, Val Hallelujah, was unironically one of my favorite songs of the year. At some point in this track, I hear a spoken word, cholesterol, come up. 
And that's one of the only moments that breaks immersion because in absolutely no legitimate death metal track are they going to say cholesterol or however it happened. Terminal fillet disease with guest star Danica Amore. I hope I pronounced that correctly. This song carries some emotional heft to it. I know I use this phrase a lot, but I'm reminded of Ancestral Curse's release last year. It's obviously a heavy track, but it's not heavy for the sake of scaring your parents. It makes you feel like something important is happening in your life. Like your life is going to be different after you come to a conclusion when listening to this song. If I were 15, I would have said this song was life-changing. I try not to use those cliches anymore, but give it a listen. The title track, nice instrumental here. And curiously enough, I think the guitar is a bit out of tune. Perhaps that was intentional. It certainly adds to a dissonant ambiance. So I'm going to go with this was intentional in the same way that like Black Mountainside off of Led Zeppelin 1 was intentionally out of tune. Last but not least, Incarnate Syrup Abuse. So at first, this one sounded a bit more like Cannibal Corpse to me, except it was a lot less dumb. Surprising moment here. The bass is audible and plays something that works interestingly against the vocals and the guitar. I can't think of a time in death metal when I've heard the bass since The Philosopher in 1993 or whenever that was. And despite sounding like a smarter Cannibal Corpse at first, the chorus truly surprises me by being fairly melodic. And that's a good way to wrap up my thoughts on this album. Perhaps I just haven't given death metal a fair shake, but somehow a good-natured send-up winds up being awesome and making me more interested. It's like that episode of South Park about World of Warcraft that made a bunch of me and my friends want to play the game. It's obvious that these dudes know a good bit about the genre. I certainly do not, but it comes off that they do. And I guess this is the kind of approach that creates new fans. I hope I didn't totally get the vibe of this wrong, but just go with it because I'm into it. Rock on. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.